en vivo desde Surf City, El Salvador. This is the Semi-Americans Podcast with your host, Eddie, the Salvadoran American. Daniel, you, and Manny Flacco, what's going on guys? Hey, this is a special episode because we're international right now. International. Well, well just Eduardo. <laughs> yeah, we're on the other side of the ocean. I mean, damn. Yeah, that's the Pacific, right? Yeah, Pacific. the Pacific. Yeah, Pacific. Yeah, you got it, bro. Tell, hey, tell the, tell the listeners, tell the people where you're at. So right now, I uh, actually got here earlier today, but I'm in Surf City, El Salvador. Uh, originally called... Well, I mean, it's an area called La Libertad. Do you guys hear the baby? <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, damn it. It's okay. It's not bad. Uh, it's fine. Hey, it's it's authentic. It's part of yeah. the culture. No worries. It is. It is. Screaming and yelling at each other is part of the culture. I can confirm. Um, <laughs> nah, but uh, it's called La Libertad. Uh, that's, uh, I guess, the, the state that we're in. Um, it runs the coastline of El Salvador. Um, and Surf City is kind of like the main tourist attraction here. Um, it's a group of beaches, uh, long strip where, you know, there's an area that's been fully developed for like surfing. El Salvador is a big surf, uh, country, I guess, country. surf spot. Yeah. yeah. And then the outskirts of Surf City are still being developed, but you can see some growth. You can see some growth and, you know, it's a really nice spot over here. Who's uh, investing in this? Is this like a national yeah, thing or yep, private? Yeah, it's definitely got to be fully government-backed. Um, I was actually talking to uh, some of my family members uh, back in the state where we're from. And what they mentioned is that when it comes to politics over here, every couple of years when the new mayor gets into town, he wants to, you know, he or she has different ideas for what they want to do with, like, the tourist attraction. Like, one of uh, one of the things over at... I guess my home state or my little town is, you know, there's this big, uh, it's not a mountain necessarily. It's just like, you know, a big peak that's there and it's got a nice view of the lake. It's like a huge lake in El- in the middle of El Salvador. Wow. Um, and you know, one mayor comes in, he wants to make it for kids. So they set up a playground and then the next mayor comes in and he wants to make it a zoo. So they take, they take down all of the playground stuff, build like enclosures for a zoo. The next one comes in, he wants to make it like a viewing point. So he mm. sets up like viewpoints. And, you know, the constant change is, is just not not something that... Um, like the community doesn't benefit at the end yeah, of the day. Right? Yeah, because, yeah, because it keeps changing. The community has to keep paying for things. So that's that's why like over here... The, the government has stepped in and said, no, we're, we're handling the development of this specific area. Um, gotcha. the, the national that, government. Yeah, that way, yep, the national government. That way it's like a straightforward plan. There isn't like a, you know, every, I don't know if it's every five years here that the mayor changed. But, uh, but you know, they're, they're pushing forward. They have, uh, they actually have the military working on it. So, you know, if, if you're a soldier, then you come out and work on, on, this government project and you know you can definitely see uh, a big difference i think and so. who, for for those of us that may not you know our listeners and even ourselves who are not totally um 
educated, I guess, uh, with regards to El Salvadorian politics. But the leader right now is, I don't, I'm probably going to butcher his name, Naib Bukele. That's correct. That's yep. Okay. So he's been in power for how many years now? I think it's been about two or three. Okay. I'm not quite sure. But yeah, I was talking You're saying to... high uh, approval rating, right? Yeah. So high approval rating. He's actually got the second highest from the last bit of information that I saw. Right behind the uh, president of Dominican Republic. But high, high approval rating. Now, the only thing is that, um, you know, uh, foreign governments like the United States are kind of looking at them and um, kind of saying that. And it's kind of true. He's taken over the three branches of the government over here and kind of implemented his own rules and regulations. And he's. It, you know he's treading on on troubled troubled waters on scary waters he's treading on scary ground i'm i'm not sure what the saying is but yeah. he's uh he's kind of like treading the line of of a dictatorship oh, okay so it looks like he has two more years though yeah so that it's it's a 5 year president term yep yep now the thing is once he took control of the three branches He's now trying to take like away the rule. Yeah. Okay. So, so the president of El Salvador can only have one five-year term. That's, wow. That's the existing law. But his approval rating is so high that, you know, people have voted his party into the government. He's taken full control. He, he lit- I think he, like, fired the Supreme Court and put his own justices in. But people are still... You know, hmm. uh, you know they they still think highly of him. So I've talked to a couple people here, and they seem hopeful. They do seem hopeful, a lot more hopeful than um than I expected, really. Eduardo, I know you've been there for a couple of days now. Um, do you mind like taking us back? I know you said uh, the last time you were there was how long ago? Thirteen years ago. Thirteen years ago. So you were what fifteen about? Wow. Yep. 15. Yeah. What were your first impressions like? You, I know you flew down uh, a couple of days ago and got off the plane. What's Eduardo thinking? Uh, to be honest, I was, mm-hmm. I was a little bit nervous. Um, In what way? I think there was a bit of fear. And part of my philosophy now that I've kind of, grown a little bit more is is just to not let that fear drive me right so i was scared of being scared i didn't want to be scared i wanted to you know take it in with with a fresh set of eyes and not really think about what i had heard about the country and you know all of the scary stories that you hear because honestly i have seen you know on on the news and everything i've seen that things have changed and you know, the mm-hmm. murder rate is down and all of that. So mm-hmm. I was pretty hopeful, but, you know, there was still a bit of fear. There was still a bit of fear there. So when I touched mm-hmm. down, um, I tried to, I tried to clear all, all of those, all of those scary thoughts. Like the memories that you mentioned, um, like on the earlier episodes. Yeah. I was in the market in San Salvador and at 15, I saw a trail of blood coming down the market uh the market road so mm-hmm. ever since then i was like i'm not coming back like this isn't for mm-hmm. me 
but you know, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything so far. I was out last night until a little bit past midnight, and everything seemed relatively normal. You know, I've I've tried to live life like I would over in the states, and I haven't seen anything. Now again, I've I've been cautious, uh, staying with family and family friends, but I'm also not limiting myself to to getting a full experience. Right, um, right. You know, no. my mom my mom was a little bit more fearful and mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, because she was here during some bad times of El Salvador, she's you know, she's held on to that fear of what she's experienced. And she tries she tries to tell me to to be cautious, but it's it's almost like she's she passes on that fear to me mm-hmm. a little bit, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm trying to move on like, uh, like it's a regular day. Yeah. I mean, you're in a sense, you're playing an away game, right? It's like, you're not totally, you're not there. So you have to rely on people yeah. like your, like your family who know what, what the day to day is like. So, I always say that even in the States, like if I'm going to an area, it could be a state away and I'm not entirely sure what that place is like. That's playing, you're playing an away game and you want to make sure that you're set up in the right way and you know, you're, you're safe about what you're doing and you're making smart decisions. So, yeah. And, and if you're, if you're some, if you're with someone that you trust, like I have a cousin that's, you know, he's going to college out here for, uh, uh for his law degree. And he seems pretty, uh, pretty resourceful and has a lot of information about certain areas. So as long as he's comfortable, I'm comfortable. And I got you. You know, I, I got no fear in my heart. How's the interactions been with the locals? It's been pretty good. It's uh, it's nice. It's nice. Everybody here is kind of uh, extra nice. I think it's it's one of those things that in the states. And maybe specifically in D.C., you don't, mm-hmm. you know, you kind of just pass by everybody and don't say anything over here. Everybody's saying hi and thank you and mm-hmm. like trying to help you out. There's been a, a couple of funny instances where I just don't, don't catch on to that are part of the culture. Uh, like we went to the grocery store and typically the baggers there, they take your bags to your car or your cart. They, you know, they handle it for you. Wow. Take it to your car, yeah. load the bags and everything, and then you tip them. And that's how they live. They live off of the tips of delivering your bags for you. Uh, they wow. actually don't get paid. <laughs> so, oh, wow. wow. I didn't. All tips. All tips. No, no, wow. sat, no wage, nothing. They just live off tips. And, you know, we finished paying for the groceries and I just grabbed the cart and started walking away like normal. <laughs> and then the people, the people I was with were, they, they stared at me and they said that the, that the baggers like gave me a funny look and they were just like, sorry, <laughs> he, he doesn't know. And I drove that thing all the way to the car and started loading the bags. And then uh, they were discussing whether or not they should go back and tip the guy because you know, that's his job. He should have. You basically just took his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, they went back and they tipped them and, you know, everything was fine. But it was a weird thing for them, too. Right. Because they're not used to that. Um, mm-hmm. 
so stuff like that. But any uh, interaction stand out to you? Like from from the I know you've only been there three four days, but any interactions that you're like, man, this is one I'll remember from this trip. I think a couple things is is like the more uh, the more American influence you've had on your life, be it through TV shows or through actually spending some time in America, um, the more you see the growth opportunity of this country. Um, uh, my cousin who's doing his, you know, who's going for his law degree, mm-hmm. he mentioned that people here are very complacent. And that they don't necessarily have the drive to, to encourage the growth and they get uncomfortable with the growth. And I think partly that's partly due to, um, to being comfortable with people from America sending money and just mm-hmm. living off of that. But there is, uh, there is a lot of room for growth. There is a lot of room for growth. There's a couple things that do need to change. It's clear that the country uh, wasn't built with the future in mind. There's a lot of traffic issues. Mm. There's a lot of issues with uh, old manufacturing plants. Yeah, old infrastructure, old buildings. The electrical wiring is just all over the place. But, I mean, the views are great. Like, it's, it's amazing how much how much improvement has been made in in the years that that I haven't been here so you know the thought is to come back maybe every once a year maybe every couple of years but i definitely how, how strong is the currency by the way the grocery store is crazy you can buy aluminum foil for 50 cents or 17 dollars wait what what do you mean well, <clears throat> like I'm not I'm not sure exactly what it is, right? But if it's imported from a certain country, you can you can buy cheap materials, cheap food, cheap okay. anything. But then if it's like imported from the United States, it'll it'll be the same price. A pack of 40 water bottles is $9. Where 40? yeah, where where you know in in the states you buy a 32 pack for three, four dollars, you know? Um, so it's, it's weird. It's, it's so, it's all over the place. You know, you can get a, a pretty sizable meal for $3 or you can pay $38. I, I remember when I went to El Salvador in high school for Habitat for Humanity, it was the end of high school. Outside of each grocery store, there would be like an armed guard with a shotgun. Do they still have yes, those guys? Yeah, that was like that was like I was like kind of cool, but at the same time, I was like, "Yo, this is like kind of scary." <laughs> yep, yep. That that shocked me the first time too. Uh, I saw yeah, a guy. It's like the most intimidating shotgun, dudes, just, like literally. Yeah, just holding it, and, and some of them are intimidating, and some of them are just fat guys with a shotgun. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. For sure, <laughs> for sure. But. uh it's all over the place, man. There's there's a huge mix of people. I love seeing uh, just Salvadorians that, you know, look anywhere from like Native Americans all the way to straight up white. Um, and it's it's nice seeing that mix and just everybody interacting, 
Um, I'm sure that there there's some racism and classism, but in day to day living, it kind of seems seems like everyone's just you know uh, moving together. Have, have you have you noticed like a a big difference in different um, parts of the city? So when you flew into the capital city, uh, San Salvador, is it just like any other city mm-hmm. where there's parts where you know, you have people that are of low income status or low socioeconomic status versus the rich, like villas and high end houses and, you know, richer than, 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 you know, we could ever imagine kind of thing. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a ton of variety. Um, each community is kind of like gated, but it's not gated in, in the sense of, you know, over there where, you have walls and, and one gate, it's, you know, 10 houses are gated together. Or this one street has a gate at the beginning of the street and at the end of the street where, you know, certain community lives. You see drunk people on the streets kind of slumped on the ground right next to the biggest mall in El Salvador. There's There's that kind of disparity here and... I feel like it's only going to get worse. Um, Why do you say that? Because as the country grows, the people that are complacent are not going to be able to adjust. Like there's just been so many years where remittance is a way of life, a way of living. And people aren't going to be able to, to adjust to actually working um, working for their self-improvement. So that's that's kind of one of the fears that I have uh, in seeing the way that this country is growing. But, you know, there's hope. There's hope. I just think that education isn't valued as much over here. Uh, that same cousin that I was speaking to, he said that in his graduating class, there was maybe 130 kids and only six of them went to college. Oh wow! Yep, wow. yep. Um, so the value in education has to increase. I think infrastructure has to get better. But there's room for is, improvement. Is education expensive in in El Salvador? Like, is is that a barrier to entry, or is it just because of that complacency and like they just don't see the need for? higher education, the reason why that I there's such a low percentage. I haven't confirmed what the cost of college is here, but there is a public university where it's essentially free. You pay for your books, you pay for your meals and stuff, but there's no tuition. Okay. Yeah, so there's opportunities. I feel like, from what he told me, the government can basically pay for anything but you have to you have to know what you're doing and you have to involve yourself like you know put you the apply, go yeah. after it yeah. yeah 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 um there's there's a lot of cleanup efforts but again corruption is is big where where a lot of people come from poverty once they they actually get into a position of power they get power hungry and it goes to their head and they kind of just 
you know, do favors for the people that they like, kind of avoid people that they don't, don't follow certain regulations and sometimes enforce regulations too tight. So it's got to be a uniform movement uh, for them in order for the improvement to actually go through. What's your uh, one way of giving back before? I know you're only there for a short amount of time, but is there anything that you have planned um, to either engage with the local communities or be involved in a way to give back before you uh, head back to D.C.? I think I just have to get my thoughts together on that. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is that money is coming in. Right, be it from remittance or from tourism, but there has to be another another way to to get the ball rolling on on certain things, and I'm I'm just not sure what the best way is right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean those things take time as well. You know, good ideas take time to develop. So it might be something that you you think of once you're back here. Um, who knows? Yeah, yeah, this could be kind of like an inspiration for the future you know, thoughts and things that you could potentially work on. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it makes me appreciate politics in a different way and, and the growth of a country in a different way. Cause especially now that I'm at the age where I'm at, I know that I can't really help other people improve unless I improve my own life. Um, mm-hmm. and my own thought processes. Uh, as I grow and solidify my values, then I can help, you know, fortify the growth of a country like this. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. How's the food? Oh my God. Food is great. (laughs) Food is amazing. Everything just tastes so fresh, so natural. Of course. Um, I've I've been trying as as much food as I can. It's not like anything that I haven't tried necessarily. Right. But I I just want to get a taste of everything and and it, it it's just so nice. It's so nice. Nothing <laughs> nothing tastes like super processed. I haven't tasted anything that's like super processed and trying to stick away from any of the American foods. Um I'm being careful though, because the the thing the thing about over here is like everybody wants to set up their own business and mm-hmm. the easiest thing to sell is pupusas. So you see pupusa mm-hmm. places all over town. Like literally every three or four houses is a pupusa plate. And every every four to five houses is like a burger place or something like that. A Mexican spot. Like um so I'm I'm trying to stay from like the the, the dingy looking ones because Sometimes it's it's kind of rough, but um, there's some established locations that you know you can tell are are you know focus a little bit more on cleanliness and, and quality, uh, and then you have your KFCs, your McDonald's, Denny's. Uh uh-uh. uh, not nah, get that away from me. <laughs> not going to any of those. I don't care if you got a special Salvadorian <laughs> item on the menu. I don't want it. <laughs> you you don't even really eat that here, man. Nah. Nah. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> Yeah. No, nah, but uh food is great, man. I've I've tried like three or four different pupusa spots in the past three days. <laughs> but it's great. It's great. Oh that's, maybe that's what I need to do, man. I need to just go out to El Salvador. 
trying to gain some of this some of this weight. Yeah. I just need to eat pupusas all day every Yo, day. Yo, I was at this uh at this bar last night. 139 for everything on the menu. You could order burgers, you could order pupusas, you could order drinks, you could order shots, cocktail mixes, anything. $1.39. It was pretty nice. Jeez. Yeah. So you're you're out there using the dollar? Yeah, they use the dollar out here. I think that's oh, okay. that's why there's such a huge fluctuation in and price ranges for for some of the stuff. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So, are you paying in cash or like credit cards? No, uh, they have credit cards. Um, the only if it's like a small mom and pop shop, then then they'll be looking for cash. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, yeah, credit cards. Nice. Yep. Yep. Hey. Last but not least, now that you're back in El Salvador, how American, semi-American, or El Salvadorian do you feel? Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm like, I'm like proud to be Salvadorian. Uh huh. But I, I definitely feel some American in me. Okay. I definitely. So feel- you're still kind of in the middle, yeah. like, On that, no, uh, hey, plug for plug for our previous episode, far left, far right. Yeah, check that out. That was season two. I want to say it was episode one. You definitely feel like you don't totally fit in in El Salvador. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I don't totally fit in. There's it's it was the slang. Like there's so much mm-hmm. slang out here that yeah. I'm constantly like, what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, but no, man. I I definitely feel like a big sense of pride. Um, okay, good. Big, big good. sense of pride. No, that's what's up. Yeah. Um. Cool. All right. So I'll. I know you're you're busy. You're with family and all that. So we won't hold you too long. Um. Just to give the listeners a sneak peek into the hard work that goes into the podcast. Uh, all three of us. Uh, you know, we we all have our actual jobs and our actual careers, and then do the podcast on the side um, as more of a fun thing. I know everybody says that, but really, it's like it's fun, and we're just trying to be positive forces within our communities, uh, within our immigrant communities. Um, and a lot of the times, is figuring out when to record. So this is just a little transparency. Uh, we're like I've been on the night shift in the ICU for the past week. Uh, of course, Daniel's working his job. Eduardo is working, and then he's traveling. So there's a lot of coordination that needs to happen, but we still find a way. Uh, and we our main goal um, since the beginning has been about consistency. And you know, we we work hard to produce quality material um for for all our listeners. So thank you for being a part of the the ride this whole time and we we truly appreciate all the support and and the continued, you know, spreading of the word um of of our podcast. Amen. <laughs> uh Daniel, do you want to give folks a, a little update on the merch that was delivered Saturday? Uh Daniel has some skills with real making stuff on Instagram. All I had to do was send him the videos because I don't know how any of that stuff works. Um, but he, he really, he did his thing. I got a couple thousand views um, and, you know, we we're happy with the way it turned out. So shout outs to you, man. You did, you did a, a heck of a job, man. 
Yeah, so if you guys haven't already checked out um, our previews of the merch, uh, we've posted some videos on our uh, social media platforms on IG, Twitter, uh, and Facebook. Facebook being one that we're trying to kind of grow um, with the with the new page and the following. So if you guys could please check out the video, give us a like, um, hit that subscribe and follow button. It will be much appreciated. And we're also going to be doing a giveaway. So to be eligible for the giveaway, if you could go ahead and first off, subscribe to Facebook, IG, and Twitter. And then go ahead and repost our latest episode. Um, this episode that's going to be dropping on Thursday, um, FYI. Or any, any of their favorite episodes. Yeah, right? or any of your yeah. favorite ep- episodes, yeah. FYI. Um, we always drop on Thursdays. So, you know, make sure to have that alert on. And then um, go ahead, and if you do win um, the merch or you know receive some merch, um, if you could please take a picture of it, um, of you wearing it, right, and then shoot us a tag so that we can go ahead and repost you. It would be much appreciated. Anything uh, else to add, Eduardo? Thank you, Daniel. Thanks for Manny to putting the merch together. Uh, that was all of that us. Was a man. great job, Eduardo. Eduardo uh, did a pretty good job of helping out um I, we were brainstorming trying to figure out what logo to put and we wanted something different than the cover art but really it came out wonderful and then uh, we worked with this company out in uh, queens new york downright printing um they're they're able to sponsor our our merch uh, great people to work with if you have any merch needs reach out to them um and then the packaging yeah. also oh yeah packaging also looks super clean yeah we're the packaging really is of, dope yeah yeah, yeah. So we're we're happy with the way uh, things went, and uh, we look forward to further drops. This is just you know drop one. Um, we can call it a limited edition. We'll see you know what what happens as far as transforming the logo or what other ideas we come up with next. And oh, can't forget, happy birthday to my favorite uncle. He might be my Let favorite uncle. <laughs> Hey, this might cause some beef. All my other uncles that are listening, I'm just kidding. All of you guys are my favorite uncles. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, shout outs uh, to my uncle Henny. I know I gave him a shout out last week, but we recorded the episode um, before his birthday. His uh, birthday was on the 2nd of February. So big shout outs to him. Uh, really happy for you. Happy birthday. Love you. Wishing you many more. Uh, and yeah. I don't really have much else to say here. I think that pretty much wraps it up for me. Any last words of wisdom, Daniel, Eduardo? Enjoy your time in El Salvador, man. Yeah. And uh, hopefully come back, come back to us safe. And uh, um, hopefully we have some more stuff to talk about. Man, I almost don't want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> I almost don't. But hey, man, the goal is, like I said, to kind of figure out what I want to do down here and hopefully if things go right I might just spend the rest of my days out here in the future so retirement already hey hey this podcast takes off we might all retire in about five years we'll we'll (laughs) squadcast all day long I mean uh, we'll uh, (laughs) we'll uh, use a method of live live stream recording (laughs) no sponsorship no promo (laughs) no promo All right, cool. This is the Semi-Americans Podcast signing off, Season 2, Episode 6. Thank you all so much for joining us.
We look forward to to seeing you next week. This is Emmanuel Branu signing off for Eddie the Petty, a.k.a. the San Salvadorian Minister, a.k.a. I stay on the beach, surf side, surf city, a.k.a. I steal jobs from grocery shoppers (laughs) in El Salvador. (laughs) And Daniel Yu, a.k.a. D-Yo-Yo. Let's Let's go. go! Peace.